Live from Cool Boys Central. You're the boss down there. I'm boss up here. From bat tips to bat nips, <laughs> we are just three cool boys revisiting Batman, the animated series, and wearing hats. <laughs> this is Batman and Beyond, a cool boys podcast. I see Batman and Beyond. Greetings, cool boy Bat Nation, and welcome to another installment of Batman and Beyond, a Cool Boys podcast. I'm Felk. I'm Ballard. And I'm Steve. Uh, so cool. Tonight's episode is See No Evil, directed by Dan Reba and written by Martin Pasco. This episode aired February 24th. <laughs> 1993 and features the introduction of Lloyd Ventrix. Ventress. Wikipedia says Lloyd Eddie Ventrix is on the verge Ventress. of losing his daughter, Kimberly, <laughs> to his ex-wife, Helen, due to his past as a con artist. Determined not to lose Kimberly, Ventrix dons a suit Ventress. stolen from where he used to work on parole. They pronounce it as Ventress. Which grants the user invisibility but also becomes highly toxic and poses as Kimberly's imaginary friend, Mojo. Mojo. While stealing jewelry for her. Batman must solve the mystery crimes and stop Vendrix, despite the fact that he cannot even see him. Uh, oh, the guy who, note, Michael Gross, who provided the voice for Vendrix, later voiced Warren McGinnis. That must be Terry McGinnis' father in Batman Beyond. Wait, Michael Gross? You mean Stephen Keaton? Michael Gross. No, he played Stephen Keaton in Family Ties, the dad? Yeah, yeah. You mean Burt Gummer from Tremors? Yeah, yeah. That's what? The voice. That's the voice of, of uh, fucking Ventress? Uh, yeah. By the way, it is spelled Ventrix, but they pronounce it the whole episode as Ventress. Well, that's dumb. It is. It's weird. I don't know if the writers and the uh, actor, uh, Michael Gross, I guess, uh, synced up. Uh, on that one. So. I have another uh, fun fact on the voice actor. The the little girl, Kimmy, is Elizabeth Moss. That's fucking crazy. You know, huh. Mad Men and uh, Handmaidens. She's a Scientologist. What? That's crazy. That's That little voice is fucking... That's uh, like, Mojo! Come here, Mojo! Super young Elizabeth Moss. She's a weird-looking girl. I can never figure out if she's attractive or not. All right, I'm looking this up. I'm looking this up. That's crazy. She was good in Mad Men. I, I thought she's yeah, a good she's actress. Yeah, she's great in Mad Men. She's, she's, you know, she's a really good actress. Jean Smart is the mom, Helen. Huh. Holy shit. If you're listening, Jean Smart, I'd probably still fuck you. I haven't seen you in a while, though. Jean Smart is awesome in Legion. Huh. I did not know she was on Legion. She was great on 24. She's like the, uh, she's great on 24. She's like the Professor X type character in Legion. Yeah, she is good. She's hot, too. I mean, like, for an old woman, she's really hot. This episode's a fucking, like, full of just, like, a star-studded cast. Well, I mean, yeah, if, if Gene Smart is a star. <laughs> I get it, Elizabeth Moss, too. Well, Elizabeth Moss is a, a star. Oh, whatever. She's something. Um, well, first off, we, got, we have Mojo, right? So Mojo is Kimmy's imaginary real friend. And it's also a great villain setup that this guy is Pretty fucking creepy. preying on a girl, like a little girl in her bedroom at night. I, I found this whole opening uh, pretty creepy, especially uh, having a uh, child of my own. Yeah. So would you let your daughter watch this, Steve? Oh, yeah. Okay. But uh, I just thought it was creepy, you know, idea, you know, I guess a, like a separated 
um, wife or husband and wife. And I guess it's like he was obviously like abusive or some sort of threatening. Something Not, shit, dude. Yeah. This guy got drunk or something, man. He was doing something. He beat people, was my guess. Yeah, it's, it's like starts off with all, you know, stalker vibe and it just goes with it. You know. It does. Oh, it does. And then it gets into a guy going into a jewelry like convention. He goes into the bathroom, locks the bathroom door, you know, and then he puts on this fucking awesome looking animated suit. Put, puts on the hood and then boom he's invisible and anything he touches I guess becomes invisible because he hands himself a briefcase that ends up becoming invisible that was you know they didn't really explain that part I felt like is it like the device that he on his wrist maybe the briefcase has the plastic wrapped around it and if he touches it sending electric current it then becomes invisible I thought the, just the suitcase had that ability the car that he that he's driving he makes invisible yeah, so that one is, is clear. He definitely put plastic on the car because as it hits stuff... It comes off. The plastic gets ripped off, yeah. Um, and then what's interesting is since he's locked himself in the bathroom, he's putting on the suit and he's, whatever, turning this briefcase invisible, a security guard is trying to use the bathroom, but the door's locked. And at first you think maybe the security guard is just trying to like make sure the doors aren't locked. But then Batman or Bruce sees what's going on with this invisible dude. And he goes and changes his Batman in this bathroom. Security guard comes back over again. He takes forever, too. And he clearly this time isn't just trying to, like, you know, make sure no one's screwing around in the bathroom. He has to take a bad shit or something. I think he was trying to hide. I think he No way, because he stands there next to the door until Bruce Wayne as Batman comes out of the bathroom. You think that's the joke? Yeah, he. I think it's a bathroom joke. I think he had to take a bad piss or shit. Uh, I thought one of the things that was funny, though, was that how long it took for, for Bruce to come out as Batman. You know, usually these things are like, they go in and That's they Superman. come right back out. You know, That's even Superman. With, even with Batman, I feel like. No, this Batman takes like, a bit. He goes in there, I think he took a shit. Like, I think that was, you know, Batman <laughs> went in there and took a shit real quick. And then he put on his costume and, and then went he, out there. And, he's like, I gotta, I gotta take care of this, but I gotta shit. He got kind of scared. You know, there's just floating jewelry going around. He's like, what the fuck? I know I have to do something. You know, once again... Bruce is just standing around and he just somehow gets involved in, you know, the the story. Right place, right time. Uh, they, they, they like to do that a lot. How Why is he at this jewelry uh, lot where he's just... Uh, right know, place, right time. I thought it was a charity thing. Like they were selling the watches and shit for like some kind of charity event. Because otherwise it was just like a really weirdly busy watch fair. Jewelry convention. Jewelry, <laughs> yeah. jewelry mart, I guess. Yeah, it was very weird. That's not how extremely expensive watches are sold. No, not at, at conventions. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like a Costco. <laughs> um, so this sets up here. We kind of already uh, established this earlier with ourselves, but we're finally being set up now. Uh, seeing Ventress back in his lair, his really shitty like studio apartment. He is the father of Kimberly. Sweet old Kimmy. And what? this is a evil, crazy dad thriller story, like Kindergarten Cop. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has Kindergarten Cop vibes. Yeah, especially since the second act starts with the mommy and the and, and Kimberly being all like, "Hi, mommy, I'm gonna go to school. I love you, mommy." And it's like this happy music, and then it cuts to like evil dad chilling in the car. I like you, Cindy. I, you know, it's kind of a sad story. You know, it's like uh, he's an ex con, and he just wants to see his daughter and his bitch wife. Just fucking. Won't let him. Now let you're him doing the him. thing you don't like when Ballard does. No, no, she clearly it's her fault. Like she's really emotional, overly emotional. I would say, 
Like, and, and clearly, like, you know, just needs to be reined in a little bit, you know. Like, I, they need to explain exactly why she's keeping him away from his daughter. You know, I think every father needs to, to be around. Just because he was a convicted criminal. He has rights. He's, he's on parole. I don't, I don't think he's ever met his daughter before, right? Or he or she blacked it out, or the therapist blacked it out for her so she doesn't remember her father touching yeah, her. Yeah, she hasn't met him because otherwise she'd recognize the voice of, of Mojo. Well, she's, she's young. Yeah. She's so never... let's say he probably saw her like when she was real tiny and then he went to jail. Yeah, sure, 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 yeah. But she doesn't know her other way. Like, yeah. She doesn't know him well. All she knows is that her mom is warped and brainwashed you know, her into thinking that he's an evil man. Yeah. Yeah, and all her mom knows is that Kimmy's got a best friend named Mojo that she's not like in, like <laughs> actually she, investigating at all. I know that she's just talking to at night. He's like, "Oh, I'm just talking to Mojo." Yeah. I mean, I, I understand the value of having like prison, like work release programs and stuff for prisons and shit. But like, <laughs> maybe maybe secret laboratory building an invisibility suit is not a good place to hire an ex-con who used to steal things as your gopher. <laughs> I think it's a great place. They're giving him a second chance. It's Helen's fault. Was this the first appearance of Lucius Fox? It is the first appearance of Lucius Fox, yeah. And he's just a, he's just a business guy. I don't think he even knows Bruce Wayne's Batman. I think he comes up. No, he doesn't. He, 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 he comes up later, doesn't he? It, maybe no? later, but it's not established here when you see uh, when Wayne's walking through like Wayne Tech with Lucius and all that stuff, and they're trying to figure out what happened to this invisibility like plastic. Yeah. Um, they do say Lucius. Like, I mean, Bruce definitely says Lucius to him, so we definitely established it is Lucius Fox. But it does not seem like this Lucius Fox character understands who Bruce Wayne is after hours. That that whole character is regulated to another episode later when you find out that there's a guy that works on Batman's cars. That's a good one. It's a great one. And that's Joker or the Penguin? It's the Penguin, right? Yeah, I think so. Penguins in that episode. I think it's Penguin. Yeah, it's a Penguin episode. Well, now we're finding out, of course, at Wayne Tech that the prolonged exposure to this plastic that, you know, can turn you invisible also turns you crazy. Yeah. Was it crazy or just, uh, I thought it was just poison. I thought it was just poisoning him. It seemed like crazy to me. I, I took, I took, you know, carcinogenic or whatever. I took it as like crazy and, and too much will kill you. I didn't. I didn't get crazy out of it. Well, he seems to be acting crazy as fuck. I think I mean, he's just. That's why he went to jail. Yeah, because Helen. Helen was egging him on too much. No, he was robbing liquor stores. They said so. Or robbing. Uh, Helen was telling him to do it. Convenience stores. Helen was like, "You need to get money for us. We can't pay the medical bills for my for my habits because I need Valium all the time." And he's just like, "What do you want me to do, babe?" She's like, "I got a gun. Why don't you try getting some money the old-fashioned way?" And he's just like, no, I don't want to do it. And then she, like, drove him to the liquor store, wow. leaving Kimmy at home, right, by herself, wow. unprotected, unguarded. This this sounds like a terrible family. It does, but it sounds like Helen seems to be the mastermind who somehow escaped prison time. Uh-huh. And now is friends with Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we all know what happens with Batman and mothers. He comes by and checks on Kimmy. Batman loves to come by mothers' houses around 5 o'clock. This is the second episode where at the end, and it ends with Batman visiting uh, the kid and then having a little visit. So, Steve, Steve, you're saying the Batman always rings twice? That's an old-timey joke for you millennial <laughs> Cool Boy Nationers. I'm starting to think so. Wait, what? Say that one more time. I'm sorry. Say that one more time for me, please. The Batman always rings twice. Yeah, okay. That's not for millennials. 
No, I said that's an old time joke that for you millennials. You oh, know what I'm saying? Oh, now I see. Now I see. Like, there's no way you're gonna get this because no, not not a su- fucking single millennial's probably seen the Postman Rings twice or Always Rings twice or even knows what the fuck that's about if they even heard that title. They're probably like, oh, it's probably about mail. I've heard it referenced in other things, but I, I I'm not familiar with it. it. Well, you know what it's about, right? Fucking a postman. Yes. Yeah, that's hot. Sweet. Is it a comedy? No. Oh. Dramedy. This is about Batman fighting an invisibility a guy with an <laughs> invisibility suit. Oh, so then okay, so so Helen just realizes that Kimmy was kidnapped by Mojo, right? And then Batman stops by and he's all like, What happened? And he you know, he's got his, you know, his his Batman instincts going, and then Helen's freaking the fuck out, and she's like clearly looking for a shoulder to cry on. And then as soon as she turns to Batman for that shoulder, he's out. He's gone. Batman was talking with her for a little bit before then. They were both... Ha- you know, Batman was there when Kimmy got kidnapped. It was like on... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ...their watch. Yeah. And then uh, she was like, I just saw her five minutes ago. So he knew, you know, the, it was a hot lead. So he, he had to get out of there. I think Bat just knew, you know, this bitch is crazy and she's going to cry on you for a little bit and it's not going to be good. I don't really like... The criminal who's like just trying to do it for their daughter or son who maybe that like the kid's sick like Sandman like in, in Spider-Man 3. But Sandman, you actually empathize with Sandman. There's no empathy here with Ventress. No, no, that's what I'm saying. I li- so I like that this one is like, no, he's not good. He's the bad one. And, and like there's other there's other examples of this, too, where like you kind of eventually realize like, oh, he's. He's bad, but there's no really empathizing with this character. He's just no. It's like kindergarten cop. Like yeah, it's a bad guy. Yeah, they, they play the music or and the cues enough to tell you that that he's not a good guy. Yeah, and he's threatening. I like how Kimmy won't get in the car because she's like, people won't won't like it because I'll be in a car and no one's driving and they won't see you or whatever. <laughs> and then and he's like, wait, what if I show you my face? And he like takes off his Jimmy hat and she's just like. Uh, no, no strangers. Like, Kimmy's got good instincts. I like this Kimmy girl. She does. She, does. she is not a stupid kid and knows that, like, her dad is bad based on what she's been raised. Uh-huh. Uh, that she doesn't give a care of. By the way, I'm also going to, even time, I'm going to say Mojo, but I'm going to do everything I can to not put the Pray for Mojo clip from The Simpsons into this episode because that's when the, uh-huh. that's when the Simpsons got bad. Mojo, what have they done to you? Ray. Or Mojo. Pray for Mojo. Yeah. Nah, I don't think they're bad then. They, they were about to get, they were getting bad. It, it was, that was the diminishing quality. That was, that was 10th or 11th. Definitely quality, diminishing returns for yeah, sure. Yeah. But, uh, Kimmy, whatever the fuck her name is, she's got, she's got good instincts. Kimmy, Kimberly. She doesn't fuck up. But, but I, 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 I kind of disagree with you though. I hated the whole Sandman arc. Like I was just like, this is, you like said you empathize with him, but I was like, this is so set up and shit like it would have been way more interesting if like the 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 i, I can't tell if it's a little girl or a little boy a little androgynous child he has is like girl um, fooled me uh <laughs> she is like oh dad you just care about me and my heart like if she, if he she had just said oh you're you're bad mom said you're bad like and, and then sandman's like i'm gonna go fuck up spider-man and i'm not gonna apologize for, I, oh yeah i killed uncle ben i fucking was hard when i did it like he would have yeah. been a much better villain because they yeah. kind of do the sympathetic route it's not as fun 
Yeah, I, I almost wonder if like they if they went sympathetic from the get go, or if that was something that kind of eventually made its way into the script because they're adding Venom in, and they were like, "Well, we can't have two just like evil characters." I have to assume that Sam Raimi did want Sandman to be someone you empathize with, though. I yeah, do yeah, think yeah, that yeah. is intentional from the get go. The transformation scene is actually really beautiful. It is. So I, I like how he. I like how he's like essentially they. De molecular destruct him or deconstruct him molecularly. Yeah. Um, and then how they build him, like how he constructs himself. Yeah, that, that scene is really well. It's a good, good, uh, good score. Uh, Great special effects still hold up yeah. really well. Yeah. And like when he hits, he, when he goes for the locket with his with his sand hand, and he touches it, and his hand goes through the locket. Like I love that. That's hardcore. That's very well done. And sand and the same uh, origin. Um, what we're seeing right now also is very hardcore <laughs> is in this uh, episode, um, we have Batman fighting Ventress uh, with a hoodie on, of course. So that means that he is full on He's invisible. In, uh, invisible and he can come inside you any second. And then for uh, uh, Batman has to fight this crazy guy off. Then Ventress hops in a car. Batman hops on top of it. As we mentioned earlier, the car hits some things and it starts to reveal that the car that was invisible is no longer becoming invisible. It's showing, you know, the parts of damage and the plastic is ripping off. And then it gets in fucking to a, a train track, hits a fucking train at full speed. Ventress jumps out and Bat jumps out. I was loving that shit. Like, I really loved the way that thing was full on to that train. When uh, Bruce is, like, talking to that scientist about... That their invisible cloak or whatever. He's like, oh yeah, a, f a few things were missing. This looks like a lot more than just a few. Like he was able to cover a car oh. in this plastic. And yeah, you think? I think I know. I think I know what you're saying. I think what you're saying is that this doctor probably got a few visits from Helen, and she was like, you know, fucking him to get a couple extra plastics on the side, and then Ventress took it from her. Wait, you think Helen is involved? Uh-huh. I think Helen probably interesting. I think that I think the doctor and the um the thief are involved. Oh. Oh, I see. I thought the doctor was just being taken advantage by Helen and uh, Ventress. No, Helen Helen's a good person. Well, then uh, uh Ventress does get uh found by Batman um because Batman hits a water tower and it fucking rains and Batman can see Ventress and he goes peekaboo and then he practically fucking <laughs> knocks him the fuck out. But then we got to Mojo-esque scene with Kimberly again talking to somebody and Helen comes bursting in. And she's like, who are you talking to? And she's like, oh, just another one of imaginary friends, Batman. And like Helen hasn't learned anything. More importantly, it, it, this is establishing like the third or fourth time that Batman has just like checked in on a child without their parent knowing about it. That's what Steve's saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Then afterwards, he goes and visits the parent. These are all single parents. These are all single moms. They are all single moms. <laughs> that's, that's true. true. That's he's true. going. He's like, hey, how's how's it going, little one? Go to bed. And then he goes yeah. into their house and gives them a little visit. Steve, you could almost say this could be called the Batman always rings twice. I, I think so. That's a joke for you millennials, but you probably won't understand because it's so old. 1946. <laughs> I had one last thing about this episode I wanted to mention. Does it feel like the writer of this episode, Martin Pasco, may have been going through a messy divorce at this time? <laughs> and, and, and maybe the writer's voice was Ventress, and we were hearing the writer get his aggressions out about what he was going through with his wife? 
or ex-wife at the time. Temple of Doom, is, I honestly, is now, I think, my favorite indie movie. And, and it's like Spielberg and Lucas dismissed that because, like, it's in the making, like, the making of or the retrospective, like, well, we were both getting divorced at the time. So, like, it was a darker movie because we were both getting divorced at the time. It's like, I yeah, love Spielberg that. was getting his fucking hard on going with that like gorgeous Kate Capshaw. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they both ended up, I don't really know. I, Lucas might actually be asexual. Who knows? Isn't that when Lucas was fucking Oprah? Was Lucas ever F confirmed as fucking Oprah? I thought he fucked Oprah like a bunch. He's got it. I mean, he's got, he likes brown sugar. That's definite. Oh yeah. Sweeter the berry or the, was it the darker the berry, sweeter the juice. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Um, I forget what I was saying. Who cares anymore? <laughs> Great bad stuff, gentlemen. Um, guys, I, I'm looking up Martin Pasco's uh, history right now, and as what I'm seeing, it doesn't seem to be going through any uh, divorce at that time. This uh, series came out, but I will say maybe that's because he had it expunged. You can't do that. You can find out when people get divorced. How would you know that? If, if it was in Wikipedia, how would you know? <laughs> like, like that's all right. Whatever. Wikipedia t talks about some people's divorces. If they're like super famous and, and it's like a. Hey, Martin Pasco, maybe by chance. Uh, Wikipedia might have information on Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt getting divorced, but not the a director of one Batman episode. Writer, the writer. I don't think that oh, that, if they did, that'd be super <laughs> scary. Then it's like someone close to him. It's <laughs> on there like, and he's a fucking asshole, you know? Remember when Martin got fucking divorced in 1992? And all he kept saying was that his bitch-ass wife, Helen, kept fucking, you know, hmm, Helen, you say. Yeah, you, the, I, you know, I feel like uh, I don't think the right, I think this was just like, like you said, it was more like a kindergarten cop uh, sort of uh, divorce ex-cop. Thing. Well, it's a great child fantasy kids have. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. You know, dad's evil, might kidnap me someday. I might have to do something about it. Batman will come or Arnold will come. Like, it's mm. a great it's a great fantasy kids live. I have my, uh, what was it in that movie? He had, like, these fake traps or something that were all, like, foil or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he had, like, he had the foil shit up in the uh, in the electrical tower. Yeah. I remember when I was like little and I watched it. I was like, "Is he like retarded? Like, what is he?" Wait, were, weren't they radar dishes he was building or something? Uh, I give this episode uh, three boys. All right, well, how many boys do you give it? What? Why? Why three boys? I thought it was entertaining. I liked how dark the fucking villain was. Yeah, totally dark, entertaining villains. I love them. Yeah, and if you're ever fighting someone invisible, you deal you the sprinkler system. You, you make it rain. Yeah, we learned a lot. Or you try to get pink paint on them, and just hope they can't burn it off. Another educational moment where, like, the guy, when he was fighting Batman in the first, where Batman got bested in, in the first act, and uh, he was like, the, you're, uh, the ceilings are high or something, so I, my voice echoes. So oh, yeah. A little, a little education there. But, uh, I, you know, I kind of give it two stars. I, I was kind of bored by it. Oh, I loved it. Uh, five out of five boys for me. Wow, another five out of five. Generous. Yeah, and for me also, I would have to say, like, finding out Michael Gross... Jeez. Was was the dad was like a great like he played against type. I mean, family ties dad. Uh -huh. Stephen Keaton is now the fucking evil Ventress dad, Lloyd Ventress. And also Burt Gummer as as a favorite. Elizabeth Moss, I'm a huge Mad Men fan, so that's great to hear and find out. That was that made it even better. And then I love Jean Smart from Twenty Four and I'm really digging her in Legion. So your, your favorite thing about this episode is other <laughs> things the people involved with it have done? And, no, no. And 
I love the fantasy. I, I was a little boy, Ballard. Yeah. I was baby boy Ballard watching this, and I remember seeing like the, the evil dad character, and I was like, oh, my God, wouldn't that be crazy? Like, if you had an evil dad character and you, like, <laughs> kidnapped me, he's invisible. Great bat stuff, gentlemen. Cool Boy Nation, tune in next week. Same cool bat time. Same cool bat channel. Cool Bat Nation, be sure to let us bat know what you bat thought of See No Evil or what your favorite bat episode is by bat emailing us at Batman and Beyond Coolboys at gmail.com. New episodes of Batman and Beyond come out every Thursday. Also, please check out our other great Cool Boy Central content with The Cool Boys Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Patreon where the cool boys have an uncensored discussion about five so-cool movies, everything ranging from bods to dongs and all the boners they have given us. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Cool Boys Podcast and Facebook group us at The Cool Boys Podcast. Like and subscribe to us on YouTube. You can find us on YouTube by searching for The Cool Boys Podcast. And be sure to rate and review us on iTunes at The Cool Boys Podcast. And if you like... You can donate to us on Patreon and receive additional episodes of Cool Boys After Dark and a Cool Boy shout-out on the Cool Boys podcast that airs every Tuesday. You can find the Cool Boys on Patreon at patreon.com slash coolboyspodcast. Thank you for listening. Stay cool, Cool Boy Nation. Until next time, it's Bizies from Felk. That's Bizies from Ballard. And Bizies from Steven. So cool. Batman and beyond. Oh yeah. Batman and beyond. Oh yeah.